2000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. I'm going to go get the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. <laughs> uh, prime, the biggest one. And uh, might be a double. <laughs> yeah. Uh, double cheeseburger after a Super Bowl victory. That sounds pretty nice, doesn't it? With uh, maybe a tall boy to go with it. Huh. It's, uh, you know, a steak is always nice, but I think Andy Reid has it right. Sometimes a cheeseburger just fits in any situation. Celebratory well, or when not. You're celebra- yeah, when you're celebrating sometimes, like after a Super Bowl win, I don't know that a sit-down dinner is exactly what you're looking for. I think it's maybe something on the ride back to the hotel before you go hit the after party, yeah. you know, so. Well, Andy Reid uh, wanted a cheeseburger, and this isn't the greatest audio, but I think you'll be able to tell what he's saying. Here's what Patrick Mahomes was looking forward to after the Super Bowl last night. Mother hammer like 100 Coors Lights. I don't know if you can hear that, but he says, I'm about to hammer 100 Coors Lights. He said that in the locker room after the game. And apparently old Patty oh, Mahomes awesome. can put him back. That's what the legend is. Well, hey, um, you know, if, if you're going to be the leader of the team, you've got to be able to hang out, you know, whenever the O-line goes out for whatever night of the week they go out, you've got to be able to partake every now and then. Whenever the wide receivers do what they do, you've got to be able to partake. Uh, partake. So not a shocker. Kind of comes with the territory. You've got to be able to hang out, and that doesn't mean just kind of be there got to be a part of the action. Oh, well, that's interesting that you just said that. I'm looking at who's listening online right now, and there's one listener that just logged off from Denver, Colorado. So, obviously, that was Russell Wilson who just heard that and said, yeah, I can't relate to that. <laughs> See ya. Sorry, Russ. Sorry who, about who, that. Uh, um, which court, like going all the way back to OU and go to the NFL, the quarterback that could relate the most, like Patrick Mahomes, right? The quarterback that yeah. related the least in your uh, playing career. In the in the NFL, like either like, either or, yeah, OU and and the NFL, you can combine both of those. Oh, whenever you're talking about relate, I think you're saying party. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's another word. For Jeff it. Garcia could absolutely get it in. Um, shockingly, uh, Joey Harrington. Was a wild turkey drinker. Interesting. Um, he he'd partake quite a bit. <sighs> the least. Hmm. Kitna. Oh, that's not surprising. John Kitna. Yeah, that's, Kitna. That, that doesn't surprise yeah. me all that much. Not at Which, all. Which you know he, I, I don't know he. Um, I for whatever reason never. I, I just. There was something about him that I didn't really like. He was he was a fine guy to a lot of people, and you know it was easy to get along with with most people. But there was something there, and I can't I can't really put a finger on it. But there was something there with me, and uh, that didn't really resonate. Hmm. So what about I would an, say Kitna. What about at OU? How did your uh, hangout situations go with the quarterback? Uh, just really Hypel and Jay White. How did that one break down? Fine. Uh, limited, limited partying with hype, um, but Jay White 
he he related very very well. <laughs> he was low key, low key, but related very well. Uh, weren't you guys neighbors at one point, or were yeah. you actually roommates? Well, you can call it whatever you want. There were six of us that had both sides of a duplex. Oh God, but that was it was awesome. a you know what show. <laughs> I'm sure it yeah. was. <laughs> Uh, it was. Uh, those it, are the it days. Was, it was good times, man. Good times. Yeah. A lot of fun. Well, um, well, it was I, a good Super Bowl. I hated the way it ended, though. I know everyone else does too. Yeah, I. I mean, I just wanted to see. I think we all wanted to see Jalen Hurts at least get one more crack at it. it. Regardless, if you were really rooting all that hard for the Eagles or the Chiefs, if you were just kind of a casual observer, you just wanted to see if the Eagles could go down the field and score. Because if the Eagles go down the field and score a touchdown and win the game, like Jalen Hurts is your MVP. I know Patrick Mahomes ended up winning it, but that's because they end up winning the game. Jalen Hurts, outside of that costly fumble, and that was a big, big momentum shift in the football game, but outside of that one massive mistake, I thought Jalen Hurts played really, really well last night. And he made some throws in that game that I'll be honest with you, man, I would have questioned coming out of OU that he ever would have been able to make in the league. Yeah. It's hard to overlook no, the I big mistake. Was... I, I I understand that. But if you can like yeah. separate that for a second, his game outside of that moment, I mean he was he was really good. Yeah, well, I think um I think Philly outside of like three plays were like far and away you know the better team if it wasn't for the the fumble if it wasn't for the 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 return down inside the five yard line and then you know the that defensive holding penalty late in the game like if it wasn't for those three plays just three plays i think not only do they win it they probably win it running away yeah well so yeah i agree Felt like if the Chiefs would have scored uh, coming out in the third quarter that it was kind of trending towards that way. So, yeah, Jalen handled it after the game like you thought he would. Very, very, very humble and saying that he's going to learn from it and all that. Um, he had the year because this kind of felt like a make or break year for him in Philly. You, like I, I know people kind of forget about that with the year that he's had, but they surrounded him with a couple of more weapons, and it kind of felt like going into this year, all right, you get this year to prove yourself, and if you have a great year, we'll give you the money. But if you don't have a great year, we may be moving on and looking for another quarterback. So he proved himself big time this year. Do you think he ever right. gets back to the stage that he was playing in last night? Um, I don't know. It's so easy to say yes, right, that, oh, my gosh, he's going to make it back. He's going to win, you know, three Super Bowls. It's so easy to say that you just never know. Um, I think he's got a really good team. They've got a good young base. You know, as long as that offensive line stays together for the future, I would say yes. They're going to be uh, they're going to be knocking on the door. They're going to be one of the toughest teams in the NFC year in year out. As long as those pieces stay together. Yeah. Well, there's a chance now, Kelsey uh, retires at the end of this year, so that's a pretty big piece. Yeah, yeah to your that's point, a big piece. You know, Lane Johnson is, well, he's 10 years into the league now. He's playing hurt. Like, I don't think he's he's close to being done, but I guess you never know. Um, 
as of right now, I'd say I'd say that the future's bright for the Eagles. But here's the thing: it all is going to change whenever a lot of those young players start to come up for deals. Now, you're going to have to pick and choose who you can sign and who you can't. They got Jalen Hurts on an easy rookie contract right now. If he plays another really good year next year, that man's going to break the bank. And that's going to change how they have to operate and who they can sign and, and free agency and all those things. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's hard to forecast moving forward. From the Chiefs side of things, cool that Orlando Brown, Creed Humphrey win one, James Winchester. Uh, but also, you know, Blake Bell gets, what, his second ring, right? And yeah. I was thinking about this last night. I'm, I'm very excited to ask Bob tomorrow kind of – reliving that offseason after the 2013 season because yeah Trevor Knight capped it off with the memorable night in New Orleans that went over Alabama but that 2013 season Blake Bell was the hero a few times you know that win at Notre Dame he gets that win and then the improbable win at Bedlam the game before the Sugar Bowl where he's the third quarterback off the bench and he leads them to victory I he had to shift to tight end that next year and right. he's still in the league, what, nine, ten years later? It is crazy. It's awesome. But it's crazy that he made that move to tight end his last year on campus, and he's been able to stay in the league as long as he has. I'll be interested to hear from Bob on just kind of that whole offseason and how that happened because you had to start Trevor Knight after the Sugar Bowl game, but Blake Bell was pretty good at quarterback himself that 2013 season. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a long time, but I feel like – there was a there was a conversation leading all the way up to the the Sugar Bowl against Alabama, like who was going to start the game, right? Yes, there yes there was. Absolutely, there because, was because Blake Bell kind of capped off the end of the season, right? Coming off the bench, was that the last game, the that, Oklahoma State game? The Oklahoma State was the game right before the Sugar Bowl game, and he was the third quarterback off the bench. Trevor yeah. Knight started the game. Third uh, quarterback, Kendall Tom- uh, Casey Thompson was, or what? Kendall Thompson was next, and then Blake Bell. Yep. Yeah. Mhm. And then Bell, and you know he he just he didn't play a lot. Probably what three or four series in that game, maybe, and had the the game winner and you know wasn't necessarily sure exactly what was going to happen so yeah it was was a interesting close like the the back end of Blake Bell's like his his career at Oklahoma is crazy anyways yeah even before he started playing the tight end stuff it's wild yeah so yeah well congrats to him man that was that was awesome and I'll tell you right now the uh under the radar and we'll hit this again later is that Kansas City offensive line didn't allow a they sack. Did really, really good. The whole game, right? Yeah. Oh, but that reminds me. What do we got to do to get some of the drugs they gave Mahomes at halftime? Oh, gee, I, I, uh, I have no idea. 
Um, maybe we gotta go. I, I I don't know what we have to do, but I'm willing to investigate it. Maybe maybe that's what his brother Jackson Mahomes has been in, on this entire time while he's filming his little TikToks <laughs> after the game. Because once again, Jackson Mahomes uh. just cannot help himself. His brother's doing a post game interview. He's back there in the background dancing. Jackson Mahomes once again gets ripped for how he acted at the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. Least surprising thing ever, though. I don't know what's worse, Jackson Mahomes filming TikTok videos in the background or Travis Kelsey screaming at the top of his lungs always. Anytime Mahomes (laughs) is given an interview, he's got to be standing right there screaming to get all of the attention. Yeah. Like right in the middle of the interview. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love it. Every time Mahomes is like, I just, you know, I got to thank God for this. Meanwhile, Travis Kelsey's like screaming in there bunch of f-bombs that they got to block out of the uh the broadcast amazing uh let me read a few texts here before we hit a break uh drew england this is james winchester second ring true uh yes let's see hurts played awesome even with the bum shoulder the eagles d was not impressive at all uh this one from the 405 i would never count jalen hurts out dude is a great leader Don in Tulsa, first-time quarterback that makes it to the Super Bowl and loses, hardly makes it back to the Super Bowl in the history of the NFL. Yeah, well, I'm not exa- – I, I don't know the – I'll take your word for the history of guys that, that make it for the first time, but here's the point. It's very difficult to ever make it to the Super Bowl – as a quarterback anyways. Um, and, you know, usually there's one dominant guy that's that's going quite a bit. Brady was going a ton for the AFC for forever. And, you know, it was kind of musical chairs on the NFC side for guys that were going. Uh, there'll be teams that get on a, a hot streak and maybe make it uh, a handful of times over a five-year span or so. But it's just difficult. I mean, the amount of quarterbacks that play in the league for years and never having a, a Super Bowl appearance tells you everything you need to know. Incredibly hard. Yeah. Uh, I heard Rod Marinelli could put some back, could knock sit down some cold beers back in the day. That's on the text line. And someone else is uh, agreeing with you about Jeff Garcia from the 918. Teddy is right about Jeff Garcia. Partied with him in Cabo, uh, Cabo and he can get after it. How'd you play with is, Jeff Garcia and Cabo? Nice I, he, job. Yeah, that is not – well, it's not shocking. It, wherever Jeff Garcia is right now, this moment, he's partying. I'm just telling you that right now. Dude gets it in. Um, he <laughs> – so I played with him in Detroit. Then I played with him again in Tampa. And then he was in the UFL for the Omaha team um, – as well so uh, overlapped with with garcia quite a few times when he first came to detroit he was still in what's called the program in the nfl like if you have some type like if you fail a drug test or or have something happen you go in the program for like a year and he i believe got a dui whenever he was out in san francisco so what that meant is almost on a daily basis, uh, it was typically daily. Sometimes they'd skip a, a day or two every now and then. 
you would have to take a drug test whenever you came into the facility. And in the off-season, they'd show up to your house every single day. And for him, they would test him for alcohol and, and drugs. Whenever he came to Detroit, he was still in the program. And he would still go out and party. <laughs> but he would drink. It's, this is a veteran move. He would drink club soda on the rocks with a lime in it to look like he was drinking like a like a vodka soda or something and would still be getting it in. Oh, man, what a legend. The Niners Baller. or the Lions or someone's got to retire his number. Retire the man. Retire that number five, San Francisco. Do it. The man's a legend. Well, married a, a playmate. And I, dude, is a, you're right. He's a legend. I don't know what he's doing these days. Um, well, you just said it. He's partying. But, uh, that's, what he's, that's what he's doing. Awesome dude. Partying. Yeah, he's, he's partying in Cabo, it sounds like. I can't blame him. All right, quick timeout. Opening timeout here. Hanging out Newcastle Casino today. Hit the text on 651-3439. We'll be back. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. You're home for Sooner fans. Are you looking for the kind of OU apparel you can wear at work or dress-up events? The Jimmy Austin Pro Show online at nced-hotel.com. You gotta fight for your right to Uh, just what you needed today, huh? More Travis Kelsey. I know you already have Chiefs fatigue. <laughs> I think the Travis Kelsey fatigue is uh, setting in pretty heavily for you as well. I, I can sense that one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, hey, um, that's what happens when you win a bunch of games, man. You, uh, you develop a bunch of haters out there. File me into the hater category. Uh, Barry, by God, Switzer had some comments about OU's move yeah. to the SEC over the weekend. Uh, really good piece in the Tulsa world. And I'm just going to read you uh, really all the quotes that were included in the story because they're all interesting. First, the King says, quote, it'll look like we're playing Texas every blanking week, end quote, which is the most Barry Switzer quote of all time, but an interesting one nonetheless. Yeah. Well, he he's talking about the talent, and yeah, that's that's the truth. You're going to be playing better talent on a much more consistent basis. There's there's no doubt about that. Here's and you can't really refute that. Yeah, here's the full quote. I'm concerned. Switzer told the Tulsa World, "I know what it'll look like. It'll look like we're playing Texas every blanking week." He goes on to say, "You've got to be good." I don't know if we're good enough right now. We'll have to get better on defense, which which sounds harsh to some people, but I, I, I think it's very fair to say. Like I don't know if we're good enough right now. We got to get better on defense. Like I, I would, I would agree with that. Though I, I some well, might have an, an issue with it, but you know, whatever. I, uh, I, I totally, totally agree with that. I don't, I don't think that's that's all that controversial. We got to get better on defense, whether we're going to the SEC or not, right? We Accurate. we have not been we haven't been good in uh, 
quite a while. And when I say good, I mean top 25 at a minimum. You'd prefer to be like a top 15, top 10 defense uh, and not just like an anomaly consistently, like being a, a top 25, top 15, or better type of defense. That's where that's where we need to go. So I, I, I don't think that's very controversial. Switzer goes on to say, quote, it's going to be hard to do. I'm concerned. I want someone to raise their hand in a couple of years and say, I'm the one who took us to the SEC. I don't know who made the decision, how it was made, or who was involved. So he's – yeah. it's pretty obvious he's very hesitant about this move for OU to the SEC. I, that's easy to tell. Well, yeah, and I understand that. I do. Um, you know, a, a lot of people just flat out – don't like change you know and i'm i'm not saying that that's necessarily him but um you know you whenever you you change to a new conference you're going to be changing a lot of the the history right there's going to be a new history and you know I i don't know i just i think that yeah there is a lot of risk with this move I don't. I don't think that that he's saying anything controversial there either. You know, I. There is a risk of going there and not performing well, not playing well right out of the gate, and you have a. You, there's a big risk of just becoming another team in the SEC. Sure. Uh, Whenever right now you are the team in the Big Twelve. Here's more. Uh, he got to the uh, the Lincoln Riley side of things. Quote. I think it's one of the re- one of the major reasons why Lincoln left. He wasn't involved, so he got the blank out of here. People say they don't like the way Riley left. How do you want him to leave? You want him to call the team together and say, hey, I'm quitting. This is my last game. Now let's go out here and play hard. You don't do that. Why is OU going to the SEC? Money. Why did Riley leave? Money, in quotes. Stick it up for Lincoln. Well, I think there's there's a lot of truth to that. Again, I, I I do think, and you know, he said differently, but it really feels like Lincoln Riley was not involved and not informed, at least not at that time. And it, we got to remember, it came out before anyone really wanted it to. Um, yeah, I think that that was probably disappointing for Lincoln and had an effect on it. You know, in combination with some other things, is it money? Why he left? I think money's part of the part of the issue, but I still think that there could have been a better way to do it. And Lincoln oh, Riley has said as much. Um, you know, I, I if if Lincoln Riley said he was going to USC because they were doubling however much he was making at Oklahoma, I think people would have been mad, but have been a little bit more understanding. The thing that really threw everyone off and got him angry is whenever he shot it down, said the night before that he's not going to be the next head coach at US or at LSU, knowing full well that he was about to take the USC job. Right? There was deception there, and there were some other things involved, and I think that's the real reason people are upset. Last. Um, but the money thing, there's no doubt. That's why, among other things, that Oklahoma is going to the SEC. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the the – 
the money is there, but the biggest portion of it is look at our schedule this year. All you have to do is take a look at Oklahoma's schedule this year and recognize why they're going to the SEC. 100%. 100%. Amount of home games. And, yes, money Where the road games that. are at. Like, just the like, – there's no other Blue Blood program, not even USC, that has a schedule that looks the way that OU's does this year. And that's kind of the point that I think that you're trying to make here. Is the level right. of, uh, you know, I mean, just, just kind of the overall prestige of the opponents that they're playing. Last one. Uh, this was in, term of, uh, in terms of OU finishing 122nd nationally in total defense this past year. Switzer told the Tulsa World, quote, I was certainly disappointed. The defense, I didn't think we fell off that much from the year before with players. Maybe we did. I don't know, in quotes. Does he have a um, – Yeah. And, uh, look, he's just being honest here. I'm, I'm not – trying to make this any more than it is i'm just honestly wondering does he have like a good relationship with with brent and the, the current staff that's over there like i i don't know that's why i'm asking i don't know the the history i don't know either two. i don't know either um i i can't i can't even i can't even comment i don't i would assume he's got some type of uh some type of relationship. I don't know. I don't know what that would be, but now yeah, I don't can't answer that. Don't know. Let's see what the text line has to say from the four hundred five. Fine. Oh, you should just go to Division Two. <laughs> Give me a break. No one should be scared of the SEC. Alabama has everyone thinking every game is Alabama in the SEC. Nine one eight. Right. Sounds like Mule Shoe is now texting the show. Zane says, wow, I'm glad Barry Switzer isn't taking us to the SEC as head football coach. Uh, one more, 405. Let's stop acting scared. I'd rather see big matchups and let the chips fall where they may. As he would say, if you don't like it, get better. It's a good text. Yeah. I, I think that's um, – I understand what he's saying. I think there's a lot of truth to what he's saying, but – I I don't believe that Oklahoma is going to just remain what they've been the last two years. Right? The last two years, I know the, the record in 21 was much better than the record in 22, but the difference between those teams wasn't very much. And I just I don't believe that that's going to be the product that we're just absolutely stuck with for the foreseeable future. I think it's going to continue to improve. I think it's going to get better. Uh, I think we've bolstered our, our roster in, in a bunch of meaningful places. I think that, you know, it, there was a really big transition that went on, right? And it wasn't easy. So, and there's going to be more transition. Like the transition to the SECs, there's going to be some difficulty in that as well. But I think we'll be better positioned to, to handle that. 918, loves Switzer and all that he has done, but who cares what he has to say? Who cares what Bob says? The thing is in Venable's hands now, and he's the one controlling where this train goes. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I think that Oklahoma needed to move to the SEC in order to you, you've got to understand that 
we were withering on the vine in the Big 12, right? And a move like, which, you know, I'd be interested to see like what how, how important the SEC move for Venables was in taking the job. Like, yeah. would, it, would he have viewed it as the same opportunity if that wasn't on the table? If, if Oklahoma wasn't going to the SEC, would he still view it as as good of an opportunity, or would he view it as would it have been better? No, I, I don't know that. I think but he takes the job we regardless. Were on the vibe. I know that's not what you're necessarily asking. It's like how he viewed it, but I think he was always going to take the Oklahoma job. But yes, did he view right. it as more attractive or less attractive with the SEC move? I I would guess he would view that as more attractive. I. Like, Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame to go to LSU, right? Like, we're seeing coaches realize, man, if you do want to win a national championship, you've got to figure out a way to get in the SEC. So I'm going to guess Venables thought that all along. But, yeah, who knows? Yeah. It, here's the thing. We had we had uh, two five-star defensive players in the same class in Coach Venables' first recruiting class, first full recruiting class. Like, that hasn't happened – in gosh, over a decade, I don't, I don't know when the last time it's happened. Maybe it hasn't happened ever. I'm not sure, but I, if if you stay in the Big Twelve, I, those things were just were not happening for us. They weren't. We were we were making the college football playoff in the Big Twelve, but we're losing drastically in the recruiting battle at the at the positions of importance on the offensive and defensive line, so we were making up absolutely no ground on those teams. Had we just stayed in the Big 12, yeah, we may have continued to stack Big 12 championships. We may have been able to continue to make college football playoffs, but would it have made a difference? Would we have been able to step to that next level? And I don't don't know that we are going to be able to. Well, I think but, that you could argue the road right, was going to be tougher yeah. now. With the 12-team playoff, like they were having a tough enough time winning one playoff game. And I know the matchups in the first round would have been easier, but staying in the Big 12 long-term, I think, for OU would have been more difficult to win a title. I feel pretty good about that. And there, there's more to it. There's there's like a, a fan base that was growing tired of the schedules and, and what we've seen, the 11 a.m. kickoffs and – I mean, there's, there was just endless amount of, of, of reasons to make the move to the SEC. So, But, yeah, I agree with Switzer that it comes with some serious risk. We'll see how it turns out. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text on 651-3439. We'll be back. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Listen up, folks. Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman is ready to hire you. The construction is starting on our new service facility, so we're looking to hire service technicians now. This is a huge opportunity for anyone looking for a career with guaranteed growth potential. We offer sign-on bonuses, excellent benefits, and fast-track training. Our goal is to help you succeed. Call Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman or go to Landers CDJ. ...in the treatment of gut health issues, hormonal health, immune system support, joint pain, fatigue, and thyroid. Dysfunction. To learn more about functional sports medicine or to schedule an appointment, call 405-515-4040. At In Motion, what moves you moves us. It is the rush on the ref 
Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Keep those texts coming. We'll get to them uh, shortly on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. Boy, OU fans were having fun last night uh, during the Super Bowl, and not because Jalen Hurts was playing quarterback and Lane Johnson on the offensive line and several players on the Chiefs. OU fans were having fun during the Super Bowl last night because everyone was destroying the turf that was being played on and the fact that Oklahoma State was bragging about creating what maybe was the worst field of all time in a Super Bowl. And I guess it cost like $800,000, but OSU was getting dragged last night during the game. Oh, boy. I saw someone tweet this out last week before the game when Oklahoma State was like, like pumping it out, and there were stories you know, coming out about the what the field was going to be. Um, it's just fascinating that they're one of the top agricultural schools, especially whenever it comes to, to developing turf grass, yet they play on a uh, artificial <laughs> yeah, surface. Yeah, good point. I didn't think about it that way, but it's it, true. Is it, yeah. <laughs> I saw someone tw- like tweet that out. It is, it's fascinating. Like, that's what their, like, one of their main things is, and they play on a turf field. It's interesting. Boy, that's, that's an interesting thought. I know that Owen Field was turf at one point, but, like, this is a very, this is a fan base that's, we're traditionalists in a lot of things, right? And even though it was turf at yeah. one point, like, change the uniforms, change the helmets, but I feel like there would be a riot if they were ever to change Owen Field from natural grass. I know I wouldn't like it, but yeah. – I'm going to guess everyone around here would hate the move to, to turf. When exactly did they make that change? The 90s, you know? maybe. Te- text line can get us the exact date on that. I-, I think it was at some point in the 90s. It was definitely the 90s. It was definitely in the 90s. I just couldn't remember if it was like right as Coach Stoops got here. Like right, like if, if that was like kind of part of the transition, maybe when Joe C. took over the – the job, I'm not sure, um, but I'm glad they did it. I, I yes, I love, I love grass fields. That is, they just look better than turf. A in my unique opinion. situation, man. Yeah. I, you know, like when they do the, you know, the the crap, not the crowd shot, but just kind of like the wide field shot of things, and Jason and those guys get it all perfect. It, it looks just looks so much better than turf. Looks better. Ninety four. You know, Ninety four is what the I, text line is saying. Really? Okay, yeah. that's that's earlier than I thought. Okay, well, that's that was a that was a big move. Uh, you know that that field last night though. It's so it's so tough to get that right because it's grown unlike anything else. Where they move, they take it from inside and it rolls outside to get sun, and you know it's got that. I don't know how deep it is, but it dries out quicker because. You know the depth of the the soil underneath it. It's it's not easy to get it right. And you know I saw some guys slipping around out there, but I saw other guys that were absolutely fine. I saw the running back from the Eagles, Scott, absolutely shake like three guys. His cleats were working fine. I mean, I think a, a lot of times when guys are slipping, there's you know instantly we go to saying that the field is bad. But it can be guys not using their cleats properly, and it can be guys not wearing the proper cleats. Yeah. So, 
don't know. Some but of the since text- Oklahoma State made it, it was definitely the Yeah, the I was about to say, let's, come on. Yeah, don't, don't try and switch the narrative that was on social <laughs> media last night. Come on now. Uh, there, there's several on the text line saying, like, it seemed like, you know, there was a season where Kale Gundy got hurt really bad because his, I think his head, his head hit the turf. It was a bad neck injury. And they switched it yeah. um, back to Bermuda the uh, season after that. Well, I, the, they had the old turf, which was, I mean, some of those didn't even have padding underneath them. They were just absolutely rock hard, especially whenever you played in any type of cold weather at all. It turned into what felt like asphalt underneath it. Um, those were definitely bad for injuries. But even the new field turf is still, there's a lot of injuries, man. It's it's not the same thing. Now you can you land softer on it. I think like it's better to maybe get tackled on, but you know there's there's a bunch of guys that have come up with some serious injuries. Who is y'all's XFL team? Go Battlehawks! It's still football season. Uh, I am an Arlington Renegades fan. I don't know about Teddy, but yeah, we're kicking Renegades, off the season Saturday. Which, yep, they're starting Saturday, two o'clock. Uh, Coach Stoops. They've got the first first game right out of the gate. Is it on CBS? I feel like it's on I CBS. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is on CBS. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Renegades, man. Let's go. Should be fun. Uh, let's get to a few Anything texts here. Text oh yeah, we got several. Oh, you could possibly go nine and three, be outside of the SEC championship game, and still be in a twelve-team playoff. Talking about the future. Oh, yeah. Yep. And in the Big 12, there's the only thing that you would have to win the conference. I would, uh, I guess maybe I shouldn't say that. TCU didn't win the conference last year. There's maybe a few situations in which um, you would make it, but it seems rare. Especially, you wouldn't make it as a 9 and 3 team, that's for sure. No, and. What there is a twelve and one TCU made it. Yeah, and and you know how perception plays in all this. And yeah, TCU didn't win the conference last year, and they still made it. But is the Big Twelve moving forward going to be perceived as what it was in the past, and not like it was viewed as an elite conference, one of the two best conferences in the past, right? But now with OU and Texas Mm -hmm. gone, and you know Houston and UCF, BYU and Cincinnati, how is it viewed compared to even three to five years ago? may not even be the same as it was, and it wasn't viewed as great then. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the Big Ten has obviously had a nice resurgence with what Michigan has done. Ohio State really hasn't left, but getting Michigan added in there, Penn State just had a New Year's Six. You know, there's – I don't know. I, I think Oklahoma had to do it. More so because of of kind of what the Big 12 Conference had become. There's just no brands that move the needle nationally. And outside of the OU Texas game, which is a massive draw, but outside of that game, there there just really isn't a matchup that get, gets national attention. Like this year, TCU was really good. Next year, or the previous couple of years, it was Iowa State. Next year, maybe it's Baylor, maybe it's you know o- Oklahoma State. I don't know who it is, but none of those teams draw national 
attention because it's it, they're all always viewed as a one-off yep. big-time season. That's what it know? is. That's what it has been, to be fair. Yeah. So you, you, you don't have, like, the circling of the calendar whenever Oklahoma and whoever plays because it's not another national brand. When you go to the SEC, it's chock full of national brands, and no matter the schedule, you're going to have multiple games that have a national audience that's massively interested no matter what the rankings are. And that's kind of how the OU Texas game is. It doesn't really matter what the rankings are. That's always going to be a premier game because of the brands, and we don't have anything else like that in the conference. Uh, Let me read a few more here. Move to the SEC, only move. Too hard to recruit against ESPN and immediately get better classes. Playoff will undoubtedly expand the same year we move. No chance they let us in with only four spots in the playoff. What what's the um what's the biggest change to college football in 2024? Is it USC and UCLA going all the way to the Big 10? Is it the best conference, the SEC, adding OU and Texas or is it the 12 team playoff? Like there's some massive changes that are happening in 2024, but what's which one is like the biggest story or the biggest impact? It's the playoff, and it's not even close. Team playoff is going to be the biggest boost to college football since, I don't know, since the BCA. I don't even, ever. I don't even know of a situation. I don't remember the start of the BCS and how it was uh, welcomed, but 12 teams in a playoff and how many fan bases across the country are going to be engaged the amount of money that's going to pour in, uh, I still hope they they keep. And I think it's was it finalized that they're going to have the home sides for the first round. Uh, I, yeah, five through twelve. I think they're going to play home sides. I think that's right. All of that stuff is that is the biggest change, and that's going to be the the attention grabber. Yeah, it's big for some schools that are changing conferences but that's going to be the the big thing that moves the needle all right quick time out we'll come back and wrap up our number one next talking sooner football is what we do this is the ref you're simply the best riverwind is the best place to play this february With all of your favorite games and the best service. Podiatrist, along with on-site PT and one of the largest open MRIs in the state, they are able to diagnose, treat, and help with recovery for a wide range of injuries. With offices located across the state, they are never too far away. Give them a call at 405-364-7900 or visit them on the web at orthonorman.com for appointments or more information. Cavens Construction, bringing you this hour of The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, check Cavens out. CavensConstruction.com for everything they can do for your home or your office building. In case you missed it, this broke about eh, a couple hours ago. Uh, Porter Moser was asked today by the OU Media on reports linking him to the Notre Dame job. Porter said, quote, I'm a Catholic kid from Chicago. I have a lot of respect for that university. With that being said, I have no interest in... I've not pursued it, nor do I have any interest. Oklahoma's my home, in quotes. You buying it, or are we getting mule shoot all over again on this deal? Uh, I got no reason 
not to buy it. We've seen a million times how guys can kind of skate around that question. That doesn't sound like he's he's dancing at all to me. Sounds like he is uh, 100% shooting it down. He's focused on what he's doing here at Oklahoma. And, you know, I, I'm inclined to believe the guy. Um, that doesn't mean that things might change. Things always change. Uh, you know, offers can be different than they were 24 hours ago. So it doesn't mean that, that he has to be held to that. But as of right now, I believe him. And, you know, I, he goes on in that to, to kind of lay out what the issues have been. And I, he, I, I tend to believe him. Now, I'm not saying that his system is foolproof and if we just ride this thing out, and he has enough time that things are going to turn around. And we're going to be a top program. Like I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not good enough to know basketball wise, but I think he's going to be here. Teddy buys it. Yeah. All right. There you go. All right. Quick timeout. Hour number two. The rush coming up next here for Newcastle.